Hey, everyone, and welcome back to your Money Your Life podcast, episode 198 of the podcast. Make sure wherever you're listening, you five-star, like, rate, subscribe, and review the pod. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know every time we drop a new episode. There's a lot to talk about this episode. One, the CPI numbers that came out recently. Two, we'll talk about what it's like to be a client of a financial advisor, of a good financial advisor. Three, um, we'll talk about current events like we normally do, current events that is going on in the business and personal finance world. So let's jump into it first and foremost. We will take a look at what the market's doing. This past week has been pretty pretty strong for the market, up th- over 3% of past month, almost hitting 4%. This resurgence, a lot of it's been driven by the CPI numbers that came out a couple of days ago. The consumer price index was flat in October from the previous previous month but it increased 3.2% from a year ago. So again, that inflation number, one of the gauges the Fed is using um, for um, um, a gauge on the economy and a gauge on inflation and consumer prices, that number came in flat from a month ago and it raised 3.2% from a year ago. Um, Core CPI rose 0.2% month over month and 4% um, um, on an annual basis. Um, and so this reading was cheered by the market. The market was thinking, all right, the Fed is initially essentially done raising rates, which is probably true. The Fed is probably done raising rates at this point. They may keep rates steady for a while. They may look to see how housing does and home and home prices go, but they're probably done raising rates. And now it's just keeping things steady and they're not pivoting anytime soon, more than likely. Um, so that's pretty much what's been going on uh, when it comes to the inflation numbers that we saw a couple of days ago. Here you go, the handy dandy chart that's showing where we've been trending and it's, again, it's been trending from that the peak that we saw, the high peak, and now we're getting closer. Their their range for the Fed is two percent. That's their target, and they've been trying to get that by raising rates, slowing down economic activity, um, and the market spiked on the news of the CPI. So again, that's why we're seeing stronger a stronger bullish look in the market so far this week. Um, again, this large jump is based on those numbers being cheered. By the market and the sentiment of the market saying the Fed is pretty much done, hopefully done being hawkish and and is now um, the data showing that, you know, there's probably, um, you know, a, a drop in inflation to go. And the big thing that we talked about the Fed wanting to see is the shelter component, meaning housing prices. Is there going to be a crack in housing? Because that's a big component of the CPI. And that one's been rather steady so far, even though it's slowed down. So, that's that's a big big thing that we're looking at in the market again. Um, even today, um, the market's roughly trading flat to a little bit higher. Some earnings are coming out. We have some data on import prices um, in October. Uh, weekly jobless claims as well. Um, so a lot of mixed data is coming out. But the signal for the market was that they cheered that news um, about inflation, uh, the CPI numbers. So. Now let's move into current events. So far this week, United Healthcare just was sued over an AI algorithm. So United Healthcare is facing a class action lawsuit over allegations that it pressured medical employees to follow an al- algorithm to make coverage decisions. Families of deceased patients who had United Healthcare's Medicare Advantage plan filed the suit after a stat news investigation into the company's use of NHAI model. Citing internal documents, stat reported that managers set a goal to keep rehab stays within 1% of the length length time that the algorithm predicted. 
Um, okay, so this is actually decent, pretty big news. It's pretty much saying that United Healthcare managers were going based off of an algorithm and not based off this medical and the science, uh, especially when it pertained to uh, rehab stays. Um, they wanted to keep it within a one percent of the algorithm, the algorithm predicted. Um, and people are being are glad this is brought to the surface. Um, and so yeah, this is really really interesting news. Um, they pushed workers to use algorithm to cut off patient care. Um, and so, yeah, that's another part of how this algorithm and AI plays a part into our life, into science, into healthcare. You know, are we just going to go by the, the computer science model? What if it doesn't always match with what's going on with someone's body, someone's mental health? All those different things are going to have to play a part. And you'll probably see more lawsuits um, coming down the pipe because this is new new ground we're breaking into and we haven't fully figured it out yet. Um, and so that's something that we're going to have to watch really, really closely. Nike is making a shuffle of its executive ranks. So Nike decided to give its executive ranks a reboot. Nicole Hubbard Graham is returning to the sneaker giant as a chief marketing officer, taking over for a retiring 31 year old veteran. It also added Mooj Doggin away from Amazon uh, to become the chief technology officer. Um, they're, they're going to be broadening Nike's innovation strategy, improving the quality of its consumer experience. Um, so yeah, you're seeing some big shuffle at the executive ranks for Nike chief marketing officer will be Nicole Hubbard Graham. Um, she's worked for Nike for 18 years. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, these, these, this is shuffle of the executive ranks. You, you don't often see that very often at these like big, large, you know, companies, especially because these are so coveted jobs and hard for someone to rise up the ranks in corporate to get to these areas, um, that you really, really find it uh, to be quite, quite interesting. Um, we'll watch out for that. Um, here's some more inflation news on the same vein as inflation. Um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner is going to cost less. So people are going to find that ho holiday meal won't be as costly this year. A new survey from the American Farm Bureau Federation shows a Thanksgiving meal for 10 people featuring 12 classic items will now cost an average $61.17. I think we talked about this last year. A 4.5% drop from last year. Uh, last year's was a record of $64.05. Um, um, so we talked about this last year, if I'm not mistaken, around this time. Because if, if you look even back in our chart, the inflation... Um, especially as it pertains to last year. And we've come down from that. And so it's looking like the prices, you know, come that they went down significantly. They didn't inflate, they deflated um, for when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. So that's quite interesting to, to note. I wonder what all goes into that. Look at that. Cranberry prices are down 80% while pumpkin pie mix went up 3.8% in price. So the average meal is down in 2021. It was fifty three dollars, and you saw that huge inflationary spike in 2022 being sixty four dollars, and then now in 2023 being sixty one dollars. So still pretty high, still pretty you know way higher than the you know fifty three dollars that we saw in 2021. Um, but it's showing a moderation of prices, which is what people want: a moderation of prices, a moderation of price increases, um, and that's what we're getting to. Um, today. In more executive ranks, um, shakeups, a first woman to lead a big four firm. Um, EUI has had some turmoil, and now they're named a new global chair and chief executive officer, Janet Trunkale. She's the regional managing partner um, at EY America. She'll be replacing the current CEO, 
Um, Carmine, effective July 1st, 2024. Chun K will become the first woman to lead the 395,000 person company and to lead a big four firm and will come in when EI is looking to pick up the pieces after the failed split of its audit and advisory business under the former CEO. So it's interesting. They always talk about how minorities and women get handed these bad companies and are like tasked with a big challenge of like turning them around. It seems like that's what's coming on here. The firm has had troubles. They were trying to split their advisory and audit business to two. Uh, for those who don't know, in my early on in my career, I worked at Deloitte for a brief stint on the audit side um, in an annoying office in Iowa. Um, and so apparently... You know, they, they talk about how they, yeah, I forgot the actual term. So if someone can look up that term and let me know, but there's a term when you hand over these troubled companies, it's like, oh, okay, this person got a zero, a first woman, all that, but you're handing over a troubled company. It's a company that's already destined for troubles and they're asked with this huge task of turning it around and, and doing all this hard stuff and it usually never really works out, but we'll see if Truncale can do so. Um, the big four auditing firm, they, they tried to split it into two businesses, which I think makes sense. Um, but we'll see. She's got a huge, huge task ahead of us. Her ahead of her, excuse me. I'm not a part of that. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see what she does. Another woman leading a large company, um, Citibank, is reportedly cutting um, at least over 10% of their workers. So Jane Frazier is the CEO of Citibank. Um, they called this project Bora Bora. There was a CNBC, I think we talked about it last week or the week before. There was a CNBC report that showed that they've been working with consultants on this project to cut at least 10%, probably much more of their workforce. They call their project Bora Bora. Assuming for the ex executives, they get to do this cut um, and cut the lower workers and then go to go, go to Bora Bora afterwards and enjoy their lives. Um, that's what happens. Again, people have to fully understand that if you work for a company, you are literally a line in Excel um, in most cases. Um, so don't buy in too much of the Kool-Aid. Save yourself. Get out of Shawshank. Um, so Citigroup is beginning the cuts. Um, the layoff amount is unclear, but the bank was considering at least 10% of workforce. Their workforce currently stands at 240000 Um, And so CNBC had previously reported the reorganization is part of an effort to streamline middle management. So they want to, again, streamline middle management. And anyone that's working corporate knows Middle management is probably the least, least effective and efficient workers of all, right? Because you have the lower workers who do a lot of the analytical work, the grunt work, they get stuff done. You have the high up workers who make a lot of decisions and do a lot of decision making. And then the middle management, really, what do they do besides being a, a barrier? And it's it's really just not that effective, to be honest. Um, this round of job cuts, which affects people in chief of staff and managing director roles, among others, begins this week. Um, the reductions are expected to spread to rank and file employees by February. So um, it'll be a, a kind of tense time there at City, um, but they look to make layoffs um, and, and and start to make um, decisions on who will be laid off. Um, um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be praying for those people. Let's move on. Um, there was a little bit more here in news. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have anyone seen the new Disney movie? So Disney's Marvel movies are not doing that well. Marvel movies have averaged 70% of the box office sales in recent years. Um, Disney's Marvel movies are starting to struggle. The, um, the Marvel movie that recently came out just wasn't that great. Um, Captain Marvel, they delayed the next Captain America. 
Um, yeah, these movies have just been not doing well. There was another one that just recently came out that didn't look that great. Um, and and we'll have to keep our eyes on that. So Target released their earnings and the stock popped. They had a Q3 profit. They grew at 36%. Um, still, sales ticked down as inflation debt and interest rates put a damper on discretionary spurges. So they're still, sales ticked down, but they've just cut expenses to be able to grow profit but their sales on a i'm sure on a unit basis and on an overall sales cash basis were, were down so they're still not growing the way they should be it's just that they were able to cut expenses and provide shareholders with a little bit better of a of a profit um so that's something to watch home depot another retailer um didn't strong earnings beat um but Slower sales uh, are, again, a lot of these retailers are doing um, earnings because they're cutting costs, cutting employees, cutting workers, but their sales are sticking downward. Um, and we'll see if the market is cheering that or if they're just going to let it let it be. So those are things to literally really watch really, really tough uh, on those aspects. Um, it was a quiet week. Nothing crazy this week. So... If I don't know if you guys watched the Dumb Money movie, me and my fiance watched it. Really great. So it's a depiction of the GameStop, um, the GameStop saga that happened over 2021, 2022. Um, and really the main players in it being Roaring Kitty, um, who was a guy that was, you know, doing YouTube videos and doing Reddit posts about GameStop, which in he at the time before other people, he believed that it was a um undervalued company. He was putting a lot of his own cash in there. He was over concentrated in GameStop. Um and he was just doing videos. And finally like a lot of people started to ride the wave of GameStop based on his post on YouTube, based on his Reddit posts. And it was a kind of became an underground cult you guys remember the story it became an underground cult revolutionary thing for the average Joe to buy GameStop, I believe it was going to the moon. It was championed by a lot of people. So this dumb money movie depicts this. And actually me and my fans are watching it and they had CNBC clips in there. We were wondering why I wasn't selected. I was literally talking about GameStop in the same clips roughly, or even the same day or two off of the clips that they chose to show in the movie. So who wrote, who directed this movie? They should have had me in. Um, yeah, I got to speak to the director. We, I should have been in this movie. They should have put a clip of me speaking about GameStop, and I was actually bearish on on what was going on um, um, in in this whole thing. And as you can see, most people got left holding the bag. Some people, some very few, cashed out at the right time. Roaring Kitty, um, Keith Gill, aka Keith Gill, has pretty much left the public eye. He they said his estimated net worth was thirty something million. Um, left the public eye, hasn't posted since like 2022 or 2021. Um, but again, I should have been the movie is my main takeaway. Second takeaway was a good movie. I really liked it. So if you want to check it out, make sure to check it out. Um, Roundtable. Roundtable today is talking about what it means, the real truth about what it means to be a client of a financial advisor that has a lot of clients, manages a lot of assets, and has big, big um, things going on. So a lot of times people have a misconception about what, you know, having an advisor is. So I, you know, there's a few people we had conversations with and they think that I want them to save for my benefit. And it doesn't, that's not how it is. Um, one, you should be saving if you can for your own benefit uh, as it's shown to benefit people 
over the long haul, if they save money, right? This money is what the money you're going to use to live off of in the future or to take care of bills that an emergency that come up. So 100% isn't my, for my benefit. It's for yours, especially, you know, you see a lot of times people with lower assets, they don't want to save. They have um, to misconceptions about the market, fear about this or that, um, you know, all the euphoria and hype of this dumb money in 2021 left and people like think that the market's some gimmick. It was always a tool for people to save and invest for long terms for the future. We've practiced long-term investment management, not short-term, not three, four, five months, long-term investment management, right? Like that's why we have retirees. That's how people that will be able to retire. Um, and so one, it's not for my benefit as someone who has hundreds of clients and tens of millions of dollars that you manage. It's for your own, right? Like I, I save money myself, a lot of it. Um, you should be doing the same if you think that's, you know, something that's works in your budget, if it works in your budget. So that's, that's the first thing is it's for you, not for me to, um, if you, you want to work with the advisor that you are working with, you should probably try to heed their advice. Um, heed their advice. If you, if you think, again, if you work with someone, it's because you believe in their strategy, believe what they're doing, believe in their long-term vision of, of what they can, your goals. So if you're doing that, you probably try to heed their advice. If you don't heed their advice, you're just hurting your own self again. Um, so, and you probably made these many mistakes in the past. So again, you're just hurting yourself um, by not heeding the advice of someone who does this for so many people. Uh, that's the third. And, 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 and lastly, just, just in general, like people really, really have to focus on what's best for their long-term goals. Again, save. I've never seen someone, a few things I've never seen. I've never seen someone belabor and wish they never regretted saving money. I've never seen that. I've, I've always seen people regret that they didn't save earlier. And I've never seen someone belabor and regret investing in themselves, whether it's having an advisor um, or any of these things that they, that they had to pay a quote-unquote fee for. I've never seen someone belabor that. I've only seen someone people belabor or wishing that they didn't start a business earlier. They didn't increase their income earlier. They didn't do these things. People focus a lot on the wrong things. And it's a lot of it is indoctrination by other places, but a lot of it is introspective on yourself. Are you actually doing the right stuff? And what you've been doing so far hasn't worked. Maybe, just maybe, you have to have to switch it up. So you got to think hard on that, folks, because I just don't, I see a lot of people making a lot of, lot of mistakes. Um, but hopefully- they'll overcome that. Folks, we have overcome this week of the podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate and review, share this podcast. We do this every week and we will talk again next week.